Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello, everyone. Welcome to SEO 101 on Webmaster Radio FM. I'm Jennifer Evans-Laycock, Editor-in-Chief of Search Engine Guide, and with me is my co-host, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth. Today, we're going to uh, dive into some of the things you want to check your site for, for before getting ready to start an optimization project. So with that in mind, we've actually got a guest on the show today. Uh, we're joined by Stoney DeGuider, president of Pole Position Marketing, who just won a semi for his best damn web marketing checklist, period, which if you guys haven't checked this out yet, you definitely want to go and uh, run a search and pick it up. You can find it over on Search Engine Guide. Huge, great big list you can check out to uh, get started. So Ross, how you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. Stoney, how are you doing today? Doing excellent. Feeling really proud of that semi I hear. Uh, yes, I'm gloating all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, since since he didn't get any type of trophy reward or something, we we're, we're going to count this as uh, this is reward for winning that that he gets to come on our you know wonderful illustrious two episode show. Maybe we'll have him back again in the future if we can actually you know get our act together a little more. Okay, Ross, um, I'm going to bop over to you first. Um, we had decided we were going to go through this checklist and just kind of generally talk about some of the things we look for when we're getting ready to work on a site for some new optimization. So let's, uh, let's hear what your, your absolute biggie is. What's the first thing you look for when you're getting ready to do something like this? Myself? Well, I guess it would be titles. I mean, you, you can't get more basic than that. Uh, when I look at a site, you know, right off the bat, I look at the titles um, uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, titles. I mean, if I look at the titles and I see that they're they're improperly worded, they're, they're maybe just had the company name in them. I just I start to wonder, and I go, okay, it's time to make some fixes here. It, it's usually a, a perfect indicator that the site has not been optimized, and uh, it's very basic. But you know, once you've got a title tag set up, and even the meta tag set up throughout the entire site individually and uniquely on each page, uh, you've done a lot of the work. And so I think that's where I would start. How about you? You know, I, I think if I'm getting into it, I actually go a li- little further back than that even. Um, sometimes you could tell just looking at a site, but generally I like to plug it through one of the spider simulators just to kind of make sure everything's actually getting picked up, all the links are getting picked up, see if there's any type of you know programming issues that are actually keeping everything from being read by the search engines because I figure the titles don't matter if you can't actually read them in the first place. But you know, generally, not too much of an issue on that side. Um, Stoney, how about you? I like to look at the overall site architectural issues, which um, to me includes what Jennifer said and the titles as well. Just trying to get a feel for how the site's put together, make sure pages are getting spidered or they are spiderable by the search engines. And uh, once they are, then, you know, getting the things in place like unique titles and descriptions and things like that. Um, but ultimately, it, it, the first thing I try to look at is how search engine friendly the site is 
and then work from there. What needs to change to make sure that the site can be spidered and the search engines are getting the information they need? Yeah, I would say that, you know, going to, um, you know, obviously you started with one thing, so I was going for the most basic, but, I mean, going and looking at what the search engines have seen, um, uh, it tends to be what I do first. I mean, and, and then I run a site spider if, if I'm not certain what's going on. Um, but really, if, if the search engines don't have any pages listed or just the home page, you know that there's a, some sort of navigation theme that it's just not working. Uh, it could be JavaScript. It could be a Flash navigation. Um, you know, if there's no text navigation, it's just it's not going to necessarily be as effective. And uh, it's very interesting to, to, to go through a site. And, I've you know, you find so many different ways that search engines still have issues getting through a site. I find it quite intriguing, but uh, definitely the, a good start. So, Jennifer, what would you do next? Um, I think if I'm already out there looking to see if they can actually pick up any of the pages of the site, I'm probably going to go and see how many pages on the site are indexed. Um, I think especially when you get into some of the larger sites or sites that have some dynamic content or something like a blog, um, it's a little handier to you know kind of see what you're working with because if you've got some areas of the site that just aren't getting indexed for whatever reason, you know that's a nice quick way to get some extra content into the engines just to go and kind of pick up that problem. Get a nice ratio, find out what there actually are and then how many are actually indexed. Definitely. Exactly, exactly. And I think a lot of times if you you know if you go in and you check and you find that you know 98, 99% of the pages are actually showing up. Up, that tells you a lot about you know what the architecture of the site's like in terms of search friendliness. On the other hand, if you're getting in there and you know they've just got a teeny tiny portion of them showing up in the results, you know, or even just showing up in the index, then you generally know you've got some big architecture problems you've got to hit. How about you guys? Well, you know, I, I, that goes into I, navigation, which I tend to like to look at quite a bit and seeing mm-hmm. how the navigation's laid out, what what are the main pages being linked to, and then how are the sub-pages or the, in, the deep internal pages being linked. And find a lot of sites where they'll try to do too, either too much in their navigation or not enough. Um, and you really want to make sure that you've got all of your main categories linked to um, in the main navigation, but then from there it, it's real easy to get to the deeper pages. And you don't really want to have things hidden or too many clicks away from the home page. Um, and that, that goes well for the search engines as well as the users, just making the content easier to get to and making sure it's set up in a way that as the search engine spider, they can tell the importance of relative pages by virtue of how they're linked in the navigation. Now, Stoney, what, um, one question I get up for a bit, and I'd be interested to see what you'd say about it, is um, a lot of people uh, I've noticed say, okay, well, I don't really want to link from my homepage to this area. I don't even want it two levels deep. I want it, you know, three or four. Could I just have it uh, in a sitemap? So I've got a link from the to, to the sitemap from every page in the site. Would the sitemap be, be just, just as good? And this is, this is not an XML sitemap, but actually a visual one, a graphical one. Um, do, do you think that that fills the same bill? Um, I think it's good to have the sitemap that's linked, um, you know, from every page, and then the sitemap links to every page. I think that's a, a good help, but it doesn't do the job of showing the search engines which pages are more important or more valuable, and you can because you can only do that in the hierarchy and how the main navigation is set up. Now, if you you don't want a page that's linked from the home page, then it's obviously not an important page. And then, yeah, you know, have it linked from the sitemap, but also have it linked wherever it needs to be linked from internally as well. 
so the sitemap is a way just to get all the pages to the search engines quickly so they can be found, but you still need the, the hierarchical, navi- hierarchical navigation set up right so the search engines can determine the importance of the pages. Mm-hmm. You know, Stoney, I'm looking through the checklist here and, you know, seeing a couple of things that for people who are new to uh, to SEO um, might not exactly know what it is. And one of the things I'm seeing is uh, the robots.txt, which I know most of us in the search industry are pretty familiar with. But if we've got some new people tuning in, um, can you give them a little bit of information on why they want to check that and what some common problems with it might be? Uh, yeah, the robots.txt file is basically it's just a, a regular text file, um, just as it is, robots.txt. And you use it to basically tell the search engines what pages or what folders of the site you don't want to give them access to. And you do that if there's areas where you want to just keep out of the search engines, you don't want people uh, finding in the search results for whatever reason. Um, And uh, one of the main things you want to check for that is make sure it's built properly. Um, we've seen instances where sites weren't getting any traffic, and we go look at the robots.txt file, and they were disallowing the entire site from the search engines. And uh, you, one easy little fix just opens up the site. And so that's one of the things you want to look at. You want to make sure it's built properly. You're not excluding things that you shouldn't exclude, and you only do exclude the things that you, you really want. Now, Estonia, in here, I'm just searching the... Uh in, in, in your article here, I can't recall seeing anything about, and or, of course, it's a little more advanced, I suppose, but um, crafting page rank using nofollow tags. What do you what do you think in that realm? I, I know it's uh, some people think it's huge, some people don't. What, what are you? Yeah, it's it's in here. There's one line in here that says something about check nofollows. Um, there's not a lot of detail or explanation, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't like to use the nofollow a lot to try and manipulate the uh, how the search engines are finding pages. Uh, but what I do typically use it for is pages that I just want to keep out of the search results. So I'll either robots.txt them out and disallow them in the robots.txt or, um, or and or. Uh, when I'm linking to those pages, I'll use a nofollow. And pages, you know, like policy pages, um, you know, standard footer disclaimer type stuff that, you know, links that you'd put to, you know, your security uh, policy pages, your user policy pages, or whatever. Even the contact us page, um, I usually will use a nofollow because I just don't want to be passing page rank to those because they're not going to be valuable to the user if it comes up in the search results. So typically that's about all the page rank sculpting that I'll do is just take these main pages and just say, no, nope, don't want to pass link value to those. I don't want to get into the anything that's real heavy because I want to do that through the navigation and set up the navigation properly. Perfect. Thank you. Cool. Uh, Stoney, I'm reading through your architectural issues list, and I mentioned the robots.txt the last time, and I see one on here called flat directory structure. Can you tell us a little more what you're thinking on that? Um, basically, the... the uh, the checklist itself doesn't offer a lot of um, explanation, and um, I, I did a series of articles that um, stemmed from this checklist that each point gave a little bit more explanation. Uh, in that one in particular, I'm basically the point is to not have a, a purely flat directory structure where everything, every page is in the root and every page is linked to from the home page. So what you want to do is you want to just make sure there's a hierarchy in there. You've got your main categories, uh, your home page linked to your main categories, 
and then your main categories link to your secondary pages. And use that structure as well when you're creating your files. If you're using um, either pure HTML or pulling from a database, um, use folders to separate these different areas. Um, so if you've got a section of your site that's about Topic X, then use a folder called Topic X. And if you've got another area that's about Topic Y, then use a folder called Topic Y. You just want to kind of have a, a nice hierarchical directory structure. Now, one thing that uh, uh, I, I, I think I said in the last, last episode, too, um, which if, if I may be so bold, I, I would love to add would be analytics. Uh, so many people forget that part of the web marketing package really is getting analytics on the site. And it may be there. I haven't seen it. I tried doing a search. I couldn't find it. But, um, you know, it's, it's free. It's easy. It's out there. And as soon as they get it on there, they have all this, the, the information to then use and uh, further improve their site over time. Um, I imagine do you use Google Analytics uh, for your clients? Um, yeah, we, we do, and uh, some click tracks. Uh, but, yeah, analytics is very important, and it wasn't included in this because this is more of things to look at on the site that you can actually tweak and change. Analytics is more of use it to find problems um, and find things that need to be fixed and then use that data that you get to go and make the site better. But, yeah, I would definitely rank that up there as one of the most important things with uh, any SEO campaign. You know, even on the analytics front, um, I was thinking, you guys just sparked that in my mind. Thinking about, um, we were talking about a client this morning who, you know, is looking at what, what their biggest sales are on the site and, you know, where they want to put their focus. And a lot of times what I see happening with new companies is they're really focusing on what they're already getting to their site without realizing how much potential traffic they're giving up. So obviously as part of this process, you know, getting out there and, you know, checking, do they have areas that have really high conversion rates but that don't necessarily rank well so they have lower traffic and it's just not showing up on the sales report, sort of like, you know, the long tail of search but the long tail in terms of conversions? Or are there areas, you know, that we can pick up from keyword research that they haven't even, you know, focused on adding those products? or adding that content. What do you guys think about that in terms of, you know, part of your process for getting ready to optimize the site? We've had a, uh, an issue like that with one client a while back where they kept directing us towards certain keywords. And uh, they said, this is where our bread and butter is, so go after those. And I kept saying, well, you know, but you're not getting any money on these other products because you're not optimizing for them. But they couldn't see that the you know what was driving the traffic was what had been optimized so they wanted to keep focusing on that and the other products that they weren't getting any money for they didn't want to focus on because there was nothing coming in but that was happening because there was no optimization and we had a hard time and ultimately never did convince them that they should go after those other products uh and and optimize for those certain keywords um but you know there's there's two ways to that too is you want to make sure that um, you know you're focusing your optimization efforts, and I talk about this in another um, series of articles I wrote on keyword research. You don't want to just look at what keywords have high search volume, but you want to look at the keywords that um, are also for products that you get a high profit margin on. And even if it's a lower search volume, some products, if your profit margin is higher, by all means, start optimizing for those because the more you sell, the more profit you have. Excellent. Okay, so, thanks, Tony. We're actually going to uh, go ahead and break now um, for a commercial break. But again, thanks for listening to SEO 101 on Webmaster Radio FM, and we'll be back after the break with a little more on getting your site ready to be optimized. 
Go behind the scenes of SEO 101 with their Facebook fan page. Search for SEO 101 Podcast on Facebook now. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Have a good weekend, Andy. See you, Andy. Hey, Jan, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to Offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast, inexpensive, excellent, and on time. Offshoring.com. Looking for a new way to build backlinks and traffic back to your website? Then look no further than the quickest and easiest way to blast your article to thousands of subscribers at the click of a mouse. Introducing ArticleSender.com, the world's premier article distribution service. With ArticleSender.com, you can submit your prize-winning piece to thousands of promising publishers and article directories craving for fresh content. ArticleSender.com also provides premium services so that your article is SEO-ready. Plus, we provide express editorial review for rush delivery of your submissions within 24 to 48 hours article distribution at its easiest one form one click thousands of results get your free account today at articlesender.com that's article s-e-n-d-e-r.com Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class. Take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Okay, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we're back from break with SEO 101 on Webmaster Radio FM. Uh, you're here with me, Jennifer Evans-Laycock, Editor-in-Chief of Search Engine Guide, and my co-host, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth. Today, we're being joined by Stoney DeGuider, President of Pole Position Marketing, and we're talking about the best damn web marketing checklist period that Stoney put together earlier this year. I'm just looking over uh, some of the different things that you might want to check on your site before you get ready for any major optimization efforts. And I think, Ross, you were getting ready to lead in with a new point. Yeah, well, I'm mostly throwing questions at Stoney here. I, I, I love this. This is fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, URLs. Uh, some people really want to mess with them. You know, let's say it's a dynamic URL system, so a content management system of some kind. And, and obviously, some of them are so horrible. Like they, they come out with ex- tons of extraneous characters, um, and the, the literally address URL. And I'm trying to be a little more graphical here to make everyone understand, the URL can be quite ugly. That information can be difficult for search engines to, to follow. Now, most cases, Google is good at getting through them, but it still will not go as far in your site if that URL is not clean and perhaps if it looks like if it looks like HTML it'll go a little farther. Now what's your, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Stoney? Burn it. 
Uh, if you've got those <laughs> URLs, you know, that are they're just unwieldy in length and excessive characters, you know, burn it. Just revamp the system, do something so it's neat, clean, using real words and, um, you know, a, a, a folder-type structure in the URL. It's really your best way to go. Um, on the other hand, if the search engines have no trouble finding the, the spidering the site, your product pages are getting picked up, and you know there's no issues, then they don't, don't change what isn't broken. So the uh, that's okay. Pretty much the same idea I have. But one thing I thought was really interesting was Google. I think just came out a couple of weeks ago and said, "Please do not clean up your URLs." <laughs> I thought that was quite intriguing because they said. We we want to know what your system is. We want to be able to get through your entire uh, get through your site, knowing what system we're indexing. Now, is that self-serving? Do you think, or well, I mean, are they really good enough? Like they're saying, hey, don't fix it because we want to be able to fix it at some point. So leave your site as you know crappy, and eventually we'll get around to it. Uh, I don't think that's good SEO. Um, you know, if you're really trying to get your site up there in the rankings, yes, fix it. Don't wait for the mechanic to take a number and finally get around to your site. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think it was a bit premature for them to say that, and I don't think too many people are taking it seriously, so that's, that's good for you to hear from you as well. Okay, guys, let's, uh, let's build off that a little bit and take the budget scale down. Let's say you've got a small business that's really tight on the budget and needs to get a, a pretty out-of-the-box site put together that you know runs off a CMS that is still search-friendly. What do you guys generally do with that? Do you use WordPress, or do you have something else you like working with, or you know, what's what's sort of your plan of action? Well, personally, I, I actually am at our new website, which cross my fingers will be launching soon. I tell you, it's been a couple of years, but it's coming. Um, is going to be in WordPress, so our own website will be using that, uh, and not because you know finances, simply because I have talked and talked and talked to people, and it is really excellent. I mean, of course, I've optimized sites, too, that are in WordPress, and I find it um, extremely easy to craft um, the URLs. There's plugins for just about anything. It's got an excellent community running it. Um, if you have any questions or need any help, it's there and available. And, uh, it's, you know, between that and the fact that it's, although it was meant originally as a blog platform, it's very easy to extend into a content management system. How about you, Sony? Um, I haven't had too much experience with it other than my own blog, but I have I've talked to people that are doing that more and more. It's moving over to WordPress uh, because it is a good content management system. And I do know, I mean, the plugins that they have are incredible. Uh, you can find a plugin for just about anything that you want to do. And, uh, you know, once you got your site designed, you just plug it into that. And, you know, even if you're going to redesign your site, uh, you know, it seems fairly easy to pop in a new template. And uh, just tr- you know, transpose all your information into a brand new template. So, I'm all for it. Anything that's cheap and easy. Okay. Well, in your list of, of stuff here, a lot of great stuff, and, and, and intermingled into it, I find a lot of uh, great usability recommendations. Um, what would you say? Like, I'll put you on the spot here. Let's say five best usability things. What 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 were the top five things you'd really be looking for when you're looking into? crafting your website, making sure it's usable, not just search engine friendly? Um, well, navigation, again, uh, it, that really does have to be built for the user. Uh, people need to be able to find the information that they're looking for. Um, so the main navigation, and, and one of the things, if you've got a lot of pages and a lot of stuff in your navigation, break it up. 
uh, have headings for different sections of the site. Don't just make everything alphabetical uh, going up and down. Um, next, you know, internal linking, linking from content to other pages. I think that's a big usability thing where if somebody's reading something, you're talking about something that's somewhere else on the site, link to it. Uh, get that link there and just cross-link everything that you can. Uh, don't just rely on the navigation to get people where they want to go. Uh, next, I'd look at... Um, Shopping cart issues, making sure that the forms are not too long, not too complicated to fill out. Uh, there's a lot of usability issues with forms. If you uh, miss something, you know, I've been on places where you're typing, fill in your information, you hit the submit button, and it tells you you forgot something. You have to go back and re-add all the information again. That's just annoying. Um, next, um, let me think here. That's three, right? <laughs> um, go, going for five. <laughs> um, I know I'm going to get going to get this back somehow. <laughs> um, having calls to action, uh, let people know what they want to do or what you want them to do. If they're on a page and you want them to purchase now, then say purchase now with a link or a button or something. Or if you want them to contact you, put that on the page. Every page should have a call to action, at least one. Um, if not more, not just the ones that are in the navigation. Uh, in the content, there needs to be those calls to action. And um, finally, I, you know, I think headings um, throughout, uh, throughout the content, you know, so it breaks it up a little bit, uh, makes it easy to scan. I think that can do wonders for people that are surfing from page to page. Use your H1s and H2s, um, you know, all your H tags as, you know, as well as you can and to really draw the attention to the certain piece of the content and let the visitors know, you know, what sections, what the sections of your content is about. Okay, let's talk session IDs since we're looking at stuff that, you know, can kind of throw up a stumbling block if you're trying to get ready optimizing your site. Um, let's, you know, tell our listeners what, what's the problem with session IDs? Why do we not want those in there? Uh, basically, the session IDs, because what, ha what, what happens is uh, every user gets a different session ID. And so every link that they click on is tagged with that ID. And if you've got 10,000 users, you're looking at 10,000 diff 10, different URLs for the same page. Uh, so the search engines come, and they get the same type of thing. They, each time they come to your site and spider the site, they may be given a different session ID. Um, and even if you exclude the session IDs, and I've seen people do that where the search engines don't get them but only users do, still if your content's being bookmarked, um, if links are being followed, if uh, people are adding links in their blogs, usually those links will contain the session IDs. And again, what you're doing is you're creating duplicate content, um, different URLs for the exact same page. So it's, it, the search engines can get around it. But it's better, it's cleaner, it's easier if you just avoid them altogether. Cool. Now, uh, RSS, uh, not much is noted here that I can tell, but, um, of course, with blogs comes the RSS feed, the real simple syndication feed. And it's, I, I find it an excellent marketing tool uh, simply because it's the cheapest and easiest way for people to reuse your content and give you some free links, especially links to content you've already written and you've crafted to hopefully market your own website a little bit. Um, now, would you say adding the auto-discovery tag to individual pages is a good idea as well? Yeah, you lost me on that one. Um, I, oh. I don't know what the auto-discovery <laughs> tag is. Okay. That's the exact same reaction I just had. I'm like, um, no, sorry. <laughs> okay. So, Ross, why don't you answer that one for us? 
I would be glad to. So, <laughs> uh, the the auto discovery tag. If, you know, if if anyone here uses Firefox, when you're going through a site, you'll find that uh, when you load a particular page, you'll get the, a little feed icon appear in your um, address bar. That feed icon's appearing because it knows there's a feed available on the page. Now, if you add an auto discovery code on each page of your site, let's say you've only got one RSS feed for your one blog, uh, that will appear in the in in every page that loads, and they're all able to get access to your blog that may be, well, deep in your site. Um, the beauty of it is, of course, any uh, feed aggregators that may just be spidering the net looking for good feeds will have no problem whatsoever finding your feed and indexing it, which, like I say, gives you some great uh, extra exposure. Um, I, I find it uh, quite a handy thing, and I try uh, to get most of my clients to input it, but uh, unfortunately not a lot of them have blogs yet. I'm still pushing that. But uh, I think that's... Uh, uh, I think that's it's, it's pretty important. I mean, I, I think blogs are, are are really just second to your homepage in power. I mean, they they can do so much, and and the the amount of exposure you can get just from a, a good blog is is immense. Okay, Jennifer, how about you? Um, actually, you know what? I think we're uh, we're coming up with just a couple of minutes left to go. So why don't we do a little bit of round robin here? And I'd be curious to hear from both of you, and then I'll give my answer. Would you rather work on a brand spanking new site or a completely messed up site that's been around for you know five or six years, and why? Okay. I like well, the messed up sites that have been around a while, <laughs> um, just because you can make some changes and you can see the results a whole lot quicker than if you're working with a brand-new site that has no authority, no links, no nothing behind it. That's How good about point. you, Russ? Well, I, my first instinct was saying new site just because I love uh, getting my hand in there and making sure it's as optimized as it possibly can be right from the get-go. But I have to admit, stony has got a point. I really like seeing the, the, the impact quickly, and I also like uh, looking at um, how the... I don't know, the backlinks. Oh, well, I guess doing all the, the changes, because if you're going to change URLs, and, and oftentimes when you get a bad site, uh, you have to. Um, you're going to have to do the full 301 redirect uh, uh, camp, you know, pretty much like a campaign. I mean, you've got to go through everything, get all the old URLs, pass them to the new URLs, submit it to the Google Webmaster tools, uh, and then switch it around and give them, like, so you give them the old one. And then you give them the new one in a couple weeks. So they go and they find the, the new redirects, and then you give them the new site map to show them what the new site is. It's, it's quite the system, and I actually kind of enjoy that kind of work. It's a lot of work, but uh, it makes me feel like I'm really earning my, earning my keep. <laughs> Jennifer, you got anything see, else like that? I, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to argue against you guys on that. And maybe it's because I'm a control freak, but I would just, I'd so much rather start off with a fresh and clean site because I just can't help but think if you're cleaning up someone else's mess, there's so many little things you got to catch to make sure, yeah. you know, you're not missing it. And if you're having problems and it's not, you know, ranking or whatever, they're just, oh, it's, I mean, I guess you got Stoney's checklist here, you know, to work through to find these problems. But nonetheless, for me, getting in and kind of building it up from scratch and knowing that everything's in place just how I want it to be and honestly with you know with a lot of the social media marketing now getting the links and getting the exposure and even getting the rankings you know depending on what the industry is it just doesn't seem as difficult so I guess maybe if, if you're talking you know really really competitive field yeah it's probably going to be a lot easier to start with something that's got you know some domain authority and some links coming in but I think for the most part I would much rather work with something that's new and just kind of orchestrate everything the way I want it to be right from the start. But, again, maybe that's just the... Partly a pleasure, too. I mean, the, the people are so... 
<laughs> I don't know what this is. Oh, yeah, I mean, you, you finish getting a site cleaned up. It gets, finally starts getting rankings. It feels great to see the clients so happy. I mean, they, they finally have a site. Well, you know, the new clients with the new sites are happy when they start getting rankings, too. That's true, well, but they haven't I, had already that success. I like being They're able to fix that. I like being able to <laughs> fix the problems. And that's because you're men. <laughs> well, that's you know, part of the, being the SEO. It's like you want to go in, you want to fix the things. And it's cool to start with a clean slate and, and have everything the way, way you want it. But the discovery process is what's wrong with this? I want to find it and I want to fix it. And you do that and then you go, now what's wrong with it? And find that and fix it. That part to me is just way cool. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Stoney, I want to say thanks to you for coming in and letting us pepper you with questions and having to run most of the show for us. It was great to get your input. I want to thank everyone for listening. Again, this was SEO 101 on Webmaster Radio. I'm Jennifer Evans-Laycock, Editor-in-Chief of Search Engine Guide, and my co-host is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth, and you can catch us every Monday afternoon on Webmaster Radio. 